Let me share today's invocation, which comes from the Reverend Chip Rausch. And it's called Breathe. We are about to enter sacred time. We're about to make this time and this place sacred by our presence and intention in it. Please silence your phones, and as you do so, I invite you also to turn down your fears. Let us remove our masks and loosen the armor around our hearts. Don't take my word for it. Do it as slowly as you need to. If you take a little risk with these good people, you may find that they have the same human needs that you do. Breathe. Let go of expectations placed on you by others and those they taught you to place on yourself. Drop the guilt and the shame. Not to avoid accountability, but an honest expectation of the possibility of forgiveness. Embrace your loneliness and know that in our hearts we are always together. Let go of the things you said the other day. Let go of the thing you dread next week and be here in this moment. Breathe here. Breathe. So may we be. Perhaps a reading by Xu Ting. Perhaps these thoughts of ours will never find an audience. Perhaps a mistaken road will end in mistake. Perhaps the lamps we light one at a time will be blown, blown out one at a time. Perhaps the candles of our lives will gutter out without lighting a fire to arm us. Perhaps when all the tears have been shed, the earth will be more fertile. Perhaps when we sing praises to the sun, the sun will praise us in return. Perhaps these heavy burdens will strengthen our philosophy. Perhaps when we weep, for those in misery, we must be silent about the miseries of our own. Perhaps, because of our irresistible mission, we have no choice. Thank you, Sarah. I love that, our irresistible mission. It's actually what I want to talk with you about today. You know, in a few minutes, we, we will begin a special annual service to honor and remember the lives that have been lost in our county as a result of intimate partner violence. This is a ministry, how many years has it been that this has been? Can anybody tell me? I know it's been a long, long time. Thank you, thank you, Joanne. This is such a powerful witness and such a powerful thing that this congregation does for the entire month of October. Those figures will be along the roadway and folks will have to turn their heads not to see and not to hear. 
So we take time this morning and we take time in this service and we take time at many times in, in our religious life together to make space for trauma, to make space for this kind of pain that is shocking and difficult to bear, to remember, to heal, and to accept. Bessel van der Kolk is a, is a writer, and, and I, I would say probably one of the, if not the, premier researcher in the area of trauma. And it's thanks to his work over the last several decades that we understand so much more what happens and how this affects these, these incidents, these communal attacks, this reality in the world we live in, how it affects us, how it changes our brain, it changes our ability to function. I imagine that many of you know this firsthand, and many of you know it because you've learned about it. It changes our ability to remember. It changes our ability to feel, to quite literally actually feel when we're hungry or cold. Our ability to make decisions. And it doesn't, it doesn't just happen to individuals. Dr. Vanderkolk says, and I, I, I think he's right, my intuition tells me that he's right, he says trauma is the greatest public health threat we have in our nation. Women are twice as likely to be traumatized than they are to get breast cancer. I won't go into all of the statistics in this moment because really what I want to focus on is not just the space that we need to make for this reality in our world, because, you know, it can feel easier to just not deal with it. Because it's hard. Because it's hard. But as the poet said, and as some of you shared when you came up here this morning, it is also true that there can be healing. And there is. There is. And it's not an either or. And it's not if you're a good person, you get healed. And if you're a bad person, you don't. It is all part of this continuum, right? This continuum that we are on. And the reason I especially want to talk about healing this morning, healing in our stories and healing in ourselves and healing in our larger communities is because I believe that healing is our irresistible mission as Unitarian Universalists. Healing is where love and justice come together. 
in a very famous quote, which I couldn't recite to you, and if I looked it up again, I would spend 10 minutes <laughs> shuffling papers. But in a very famous quote, Dr. Martin King talks about this. He talks about power without love is tyranny, and love without power is sentimentality. Love and justice come together in healing. And what would it be like if all of us here today and all of our friends who are part of this community and all of the people whose lives we touch, how would it be if we imagined ourselves as healers, not doers? You know what I mean, right? when we're impacted by the trauma and the anxiety and the heartbreak and the divisiveness in which we live. We want to do something. I do. I won't tell you some of the more destructive ideas I have (laughs) because, you know, we have to maintain some shred of something up here. But it's painful. And we should act each in a way that is meaningful to us and meaningful to us in community. But what if instead of doing, we thought about healing? You know, the the Jesus movement, early Christianity, I I call it the Jesus movement because that's actually what it was in in its earliest decades came about as a response to unbearable trauma. It came about as a response, much of it, to what had been basically a millennium of occupation by every empire in that region of the world, and then a crushing military defeat by the Romans when they came came in to address the Jewish rebellion in the first century of the Common Era, where one historian of the time estimated that a million people had been killed. And in that communal trauma was born a faith tradition. It became something later, but in that day, in that time, in those early decades, It was a response to unbearable trauma. It was healing. It was resistance to empire. It was a belief in salvation. It was actually a belief in a paradise, in community as a healing space. I'm not arguing for Christianity. I'm just telling you that sometimes we forget. We get so caught up in the arguments about, well, no, no, like Jesus was two and so and so and so and so. I mean, we get caught up in these arguments. And I love to argue. I love to debate. But that's not what religious community is for. We are here to heal one another and to heal ourselves. And to bring our best selves into this hurting world in which we live. 
I hope we continue this conversation throughout the year, but I don't want to keep us super long today because there are more important things to do right now. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about two spiritual healing practices that each of you can do today. No excuses. The first is to listen deeply to at least one other person. Don't try to fix them. Don't argue with them. Don't tell them their experience is wrong. Don't push their experience away. Just listen. And then thank them for sharing themselves with you. The second practice is to be grateful. I, I actually do this practice quite often because I can be very much of an introvert. And so sometimes when I go out in public, it's like, don't talk to me. And I set myself the task five or ten times a day to thank someone in my life, in my orbit, who is doing something to make my life better. So when I go walk at Longwood Gardens and I see gardeners, I stop and I thank them for making beauty. And if I go to the supermarket and I stand in line, I thank the cashier for helping me to organize my groceries. There are plenty of people here today we can thank for what they've done to make this worship service, all the hundreds of tasks. So say thank you and listen. And now I'm going to ask you to bless one another. So think for a minute while Sarah and I demonstrate. Think for a minute. What blessing do you need today? Sarah, will you? So I want you to turn to someone, and if you can manage this, turn to someone you're not, you didn't come with. I was going to say you're not married to, but you didn't come with. I know it's a challenge, but it only, you know. And if you wish to, hold hands. Sarah, what blessing do you need today? greater belief in myself. Sarah, may you be blessed with greater belief in yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Your turn. Did everyone receive a blessing? <coughs> Amen. Ashe and blessed be. Bless you all and bless each of you and bless this community for its work of faith, of welcoming and healing. Amen.